Live from the Old Church Theater in Portland, Oregon, it's Portland Story Theater's special Valentine's Day show, Kiss and Tell. May the narrative be with you. Sex is supposed to be fun, right? All right. Before I get into my story, I got to clear something up here. In the program you guys got when you came in, uh, you know, we write our own little bio things, and I try and be funny. I'm trying. Um, And I wrote here that uh, I want everyone to know that I have, in fact, had sex. More than once, I'm not keeping a running total or anything. If I were, my best guess would be 467 times. Now, when I wrote that number, I thought it was a big number. I thought I was, I was being funny. And then after I turned it in and I, I started thinking about it, I, I started doing the math in my head. Now, you will find out that I have been with my wife for 10 years now. 10 years. So let's say conservatively speaking, we were having sex once a week. That's 52 times a year. That's 520 times just with my wife. This number is way below (laughs) that number. So I I tell you this because I don't don't want you to think that I am, you know, having a lot of sex. I'm just concerned that you guys think I'm bad at math. (laughs) You see, uh, my my whole life, I've I've had this performance-based life. the way I thought I was going to get love was by being good at things. So I tried to be the best athlete. I tried to be the best student. I tried to be the best at math. Um, I tried to be the best son. I tried to be the best friend. I thought if I was good at things, people would love me. Um, and I did a lot of things in my life for other people. Now, when I went off to college, this is the first time I... I went somewhere where people weren't telling me what to do. I had a little bit of freedom. And I realized that I had that breakthrough. I wanted to start to do things for me. I wanted to stop being graded. And so I started this rebellion about halfway through my freshman year. I decided I was not going to be an engineer like my mom wanted me to be. I was going to be a writer. Now, the thing about jumping track there is engineer, that's a... a great way to get a good job and make some money afterwards. And some people, my mom, you know, that's how they weigh people's worth in the world. Writers, a little bit tougher to get a job when it comes to making money, and not so much. So I was making a big shift in my life. I was rebelling. Now, almost at the exact same time I made that decision, I got a new pen pal. There was this high school student from back in my hometown who wrote me, and they wanted to know what it was like to go to college. Now, I was, you know, I thought I knew everything. I was 18 years old, and I was rebelling. And so I wrote this person back, and I told them the honest-to-God's truth about how I saw the world. And I was very honest, something that I wasn't used to doing because I was always putting on this facade for people. Well, after two or three emails, this person... uh, uh, wrote back, and they, they wrote these amazing words, too. And we had this amazing friendship, just like that. This was back when email was still really new. So, um, you know, being able to just send letters back and forth each day, each day. Well, after about three or four emails in, this person revealed to me that she was a girl. I didn't know that before. And here I had this great relationship with this person who was also female. I am attracted to females. <laughs> so this was like, great, wonderful. A little bit scary, though, because throughout my life, I'd always put up this facade, this mask. I'd always put on this performance of my best person to every girl I met, because that's what you want to do, right? But 
I, put my, I let my guard down and this person had kind of snuck in and they kind of knew the real me. So it was special. We kept writing and that summer I went back home and I knew we were gonna date and we did. Now in our conversations uh, back and forth, we had been very frank about sex. And my philosophy on sex at that age was, it was no big deal. Sex was just people rubbing up against each other. It didn't mean love, it was just an act. Now this girl was a virgin, and she agreed with me. She said, you know, I agree. I think, uh, I think I'm gonna wanna lose my virginity pretty soon. It's not a big deal anyway. So I knew when I went home that summer, I was probably gonna be the one she was gonna ask to do this thing for her. Now, even though I, you know, I talked a big talk about it, it's not a big deal. When it comes to this particular time in someone's life, it is kind of a big deal. So as the summer went along and we got a little bit more intimate and things got a little bit hotter and heavier, eventually that moment came when she wanted to sleep with me. And I'm 18 years old and I'm hormones raging, but I say no. I say I need to take the higher road here. I, do, I think if we do this thing, our friendship is going to be destroyed. It's never going to be the same. Even though I say sex means nothing, I think it does mean something in this instant. And so I rebuked her. When we continued to be friends and we wrote letters back and forth and our friendship was saved, but there was an edge to her writing. I think she was really pissed off at me for, for not sleeping with her that night. She eventually lost her virginity to some other guy. And uh, it was a horrible experience for her. Like, I knew it would be. Um, I'm glad it wasn't with me. But <laughs> I know. So, you know, I'm thinking all these years, and we continue to write for years and years, and all these years I'm thinking, I took the higher road, I did the right thing, and uh, I was a better person for it. But years went on, and uh, I look back. I started kind of like, looking back on those years after uh, this happened. And this girl was not the only person I said no to. There were half a dozen girls I said no to. And it wasn't because I was taking any higher road. The truth was, I was scared. I was scared because I felt like I was bad at sex. Now, being a guy who's all about performance, I didn't want to perform badly. And I didn't want these people to find out that I was bad at something because as soon as they figured out I was bad, that love, it would go away. And so I avoided. I was scared, shitless of having sex. And that's a hard thing to admit. Like I said before, I'm married now. And uh, I love my wife. She is sweet and quirky and smart and sexy. <laughs> really easy. Um, we're still in that domestic bliss area. We're not mortgaged up the ass, and she hasn't fucked my brother yet. <laughs> and I know I love my wife because when we have sex, I'm not worried if she's grading me. I'm not worried that she's going to leave me afterwards. I'm not worried about the kids or how we're gonna pay the bills or Trump. 
I'm so in the moment and enjoying. Sex is supposed to be fun, right? And it's a great time. It's wonderful. And the irony of this whole thing is that sex has become kind of a big part of what I think love is. Because for me, love is not getting caught up in what could happen or what could be. It's about feeling what is now, being present. And a great way for me to feel present is when I have sex with my wife. (laughs) And I'm good at it. I'm good at it. Thank you. My wife's in the crowd. Uh, She might get the wrong idea. So, okay. But what makes this kind of love story so special to me is that, um, you know, when I get done having sex, there's still that little voice in my head that's like, uh, were you good? Could you do better next time? What could you do next time that could make it better? Because that's who I am. At my core, I'm still that performance guy. My wife never has to worry about me cheating on her because I am still terrified of having sex with other people. But like I said, what makes my love story, I think, so special is that even with that voice inside my head and even with that flaw, I was still able to find love. And I found somebody who could love me. Thank you.